The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the people in the synagogue at Nazareth, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But he passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, it's a very important um, little gospel passage that we have today, especially as we are um, continuing to make our way through Lent. Um, lots of lots of little challenges, I think, in there, but leave the, leave the most of it for uh, for your own prayer and and reflection, especially as we spend more time dedicated to uh, to prayer these days. Uh, yeah, there's at least a couple of things going on, and of course we've um, we've heard the story of of Naaman in the first uh, in a first reading today. Yeah, and we see oh, this a uh, you know powerful uh, work that that God accomplishes through the prophet Elisha. Um, I mean, if you can say that, right, it's a, that's a very kind of um, uh, a light touch to the whole thing. Uh, when Elisha tells him, go and, uh, and wash in, uh, in, in Israel's waters, right? And, uh, and Naaman is not terribly thrilled with, with the idea. You know, it, it should be something more important. You know, it should, it should perhaps cost even a, a little bit you know, for him to, to, to receive the cure. How could, it be, how could it be so simple? But he does as, as is commanded, and, and, he's, uh, and, he, and he's then healed. Um, and, we, yeah, we're likely to think, oh, this, you know, it's a pretty powerful story, but, but powerful for all the wrong reasons. You know, and we see that when Jesus is bringing it up here at the end of the Nazareth Manifesto, which is like his, his first little uh, piece of preaching after he's... Um, after he's made his way out of the, the wilderness, at least as, uh, as it's framed in the Gospel of Luke. And, and as he offers that to them, as he, as he reminds them of that great story that we just heard in the first reading, they want to kill him. Yeah? So this is, I think, the first point of importance. What is, what is going on there? What's going on there is that uh, God is choosing the wrong people in their mind. Yes, so God, God, yeah, sure, he's working uh, this, this powerful healing cure for Naaman, Naaman who just happens to be the commander of the enemy's army, right? I mean, it's, this, is not a ter- this is not a terribly pleasant thing to have happen, is it? Now think about, all the, think about all the little petty squabbles that you're engaged in right now. Oh, do, sorry, did I, did I take a turn? For, it's dark outside, I don't know, this is just, it's just the way it is. Uh, my mind is there already. Think about all the petty little squabbles that you're engaged in right now. How would it feel for me to say God is deciding for the other person? Right? Now, that's the kind of 
pain and ah, I, don't, I don't know that I want to receive that and all this kind of thing, but we'd be missing something if, if that were all it is. What we see is God wants to renew and restore the world through his people. Yeah, so Israel, okay, yes, restoration for all peoples. Yes, even, even the commander of the enemy's army. And to some extent, God is there to say, if you won't do it, then I will do it. Yeah? But really, what he wants to do is to renew you as his image bearer. He wants to renew you as a member of his holy people. That renewal and restoration will happen through you. That's your task. It's, it's actually nothing other than that. It's to live out the royal priesthood. It's to, it's to offer yourself entirely to God in praise. It's, it's to pour yourself out entirely for God in his service. That's what your whole life is about. But we lose track of that. Just as Israel lost track of it, we lose track of it as well. And Jesus is on the scene in order to effect renewal along those lines. So actually, sure, think about the people that you are in, squabble, in a squabble with right now likely, maybe more than likely, stronger than that, I don't have the word for it, God wants to effect renewal through you, which means you have to bring love, you have to bring charity, you have to bear the cost. That's the way it's going to work. Yeah, so this is, this is the first, is totally for the other. Yeah, totally for the other. Whenever I, look, okay, I have to say, whenever I talk like this, I also have to say, I am not here um, advocating for people remaining in abusive relationships, okay? I have to say it almost every, almost every time from now on. I have to say it. And if you think that you're in an abusive relationship, please uh, see me or call me or send me an email or so, whatever. We'll figure it out, okay? Outside of that, we have to live totally for the other, totally for the other. And this means that we have to, we have to cultivate the habit of generosity in thought and word and deed. Okay, let me, let me say that again. We have to cultivate the habit of generosity in thought. Okay, because no doubt you've got the word and deed part down, the stuff that's on display for everyone to see. You've got that down. Okay, thought. You have to cultivate generosity of thought. Everybody gets the benefit of the doubt and then some. No one receives a thought of condemnation from you. No one. No one. No matter how old or how young they are. Right? That's a, that's a challenge for us. No one receives a thought of condemnation from you. It's, that's not you. That's the issue. That's not you. You're made, you're made for more than that. You're made to be a channel of God's generosity. So you can't settle for something less. Yeah, and this is, our, this is our life for the other. If ever, there, if there, if ever we, we have an uncharitable thought, right, it's not ours to brood over it and make it more than what it is. It's ours likely to go out in service of the other, again, to bear someone else's burden. Right, we want to see, we want to see, because ah, look, we, we think we're going to change people. Yeah, we, we want to say that they should be doing something different. They should, blah, blah, blah. How does that happen? That only happens by love anyway. People only have the opportunity to change when they're loved. 
Yeah? And, the, and if they feel condemned and then forced into change, guess what? It's going to snap back anyway. So I'm not saying we have to be God's pragmatic people. I'm giving you all the pragmatic reasons today. I'm not saying that that's our task. It's our task to be generous. It's our task to be love all the way through, just as, just as God is. So that's the first part. We have to be for the other. Yeah? Even where it's tough and difficult and whatever, even where, even where we're going to get all the, all the headwinds and the rest, uh, it's, we have to be totally for the other, just as we see God is, and just as we see Jesus is. Uh, he runs right into the, the teeth of opposition because he's enacting God's agenda to live totally for the other. And that's really the, the second part, is just that we know, we know that we're going to face headwinds. We know that we're going to face opposition. And it, and it should not prevent us from being who God has called us to be. Right? Remember, again, right? Jesus has just come out of the wilderness. Here he is on the, on the public scene, his hometown crowd and, and the rest. And uh, he, he is firmly established in his identity, not just who he is, but whose he is. And he is God's beloved son. We are God's beloved sons and daughters. Everything we do ought to reflect the, the love of the Father. Yeah, and we, we can do it. Yeah, this is, this is why we're here. Because we can do it, but not of our own strength or wisdom, courage, excellence, whatever. We can do it. The same hearts that we, that really, that, that God receives in prayer here in the, in the sacrifice of his son, the same hearts that we offer to God in, in thank-filled praise this morning and, of course, in prayer, that same heart is what he is, is uh, also is given over to God for his purposes. And the more, to, the more we praise the true and living God who's been revealed to us in Christ Jesus as totally for the other, the more we're able to pour ourselves out in his service, the more we're able to live real generosity, charity of spirits that, that we've been called to. Yeah, and this, he, he is doing the work. Christ Jesus is doing the work. He's summoned us into this relationship. He is now renewing us and restoring us so we can get about that, that good work, that most difficult work, right? Everything in the cause of love.